Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter up. Hello, friends. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 66 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello. Hello. I have to be, like, sassy like that. Not sassy, but you know what I'm trying to say. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since all three of us were together. Um, Yeah. This is very exciting. We have a very uh, special Thanksgiving episode of the pod for you guys this week. Um, So to kick things off, we've got a lot of Mets things to cover since the last time we recorded um, as a pod of their own. We had an interim crossover episode with Brian and the show, which was lovely. Um, But it's been a while since we've recorded a pod of their own. So um, got some Mets things to catch up on. So um, we did learn the other day, uh, was it yesterday? I don't even know. Every day runs together. When was the Sandy Alderson presser? You guys help me out. Yesterday. Yesterday. That's Yesterday. Right. Yeah. It was only yesterday. That's what I thought. Um, so we learned during Sandy Alderson's press conference that, um, he will not be hiring a president of baseball operations. Um, instead he will serve in that role himself along with being sort of team president. So he will kind of be both of those things in one person and that's not unprecedented like he wouldn't be the first he's not the first person to do that so it's not 
super surprising. I think that, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know what really happened with the Mike Chernoff situation because it was kind of like there was reporting that he was going to be interviewed. And then Cohen was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Literally on Twitter.com, Steve Cohen out here denying reports. What a world. Um, And so he was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then later it was like, he will not interview. And so it was like, I don't know. I think that the Mets and the Mets had been um, turned down by uh, David Stearns, the Brewers assistant GM. Um, So I think that they just, to me, it just kind of seems like they only had a few people really in mind and like they didn't get the person that they wanted. So they were just like, eh. And Sandy said no, that they didn't even reach out to Theo Epstein. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's also weird. Like, welcome to the world of having an online owner. Like, yes, it is very odd. Yeah, I'm, I am semi looking forward to that. But like, the press, the attitude with the press is just going to be kind of refreshing, and that's yes. the one thing I am excited about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, actually making himself open to the press and to the fans. That's just something that the previous regime never did. I mean. Sandy well, himself they has fed the press, too, oh, yeah. which was an issue. Yeah, like very, uh, very choice quotes for very particular reporters um, always texted by a certain person to a certain person. Um, but this is a Blandy lot. Blartino. <laughs> <laughs> of Metsblog.com. Um, but this is like a very different sort of flavor that we're getting now. Um which is refreshing. I mean, Sandy has Sandy Alderson has always been sort of the tight-lipped type. So um, as far as just like keeping things close to his chest, um, as far as like his process and like what he's thinking, um, not necessarily in like an I'm hiding things from you sort of way. He just kind of runs a tight ship, which they kind of need because uh, things under the Wilpon era were quite ridiculous and sandy was always kind of like we've said in previous pods the adult in the room so he will kind of continue to be that but it's kind of cool that we have an owner that can just like go off on twitter and like make andy martino look bad that's pretty funny (laughs) but but not only that we're not going to see like those the leaks and stuff with the with the oh my god i can't think tonight with the player quotes, like somebody saying someone's like a bad player or they're playing down an injury or not like playing through an injury or not a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, like we're, I have a feeling we're not going to see those quotes anymore. No. Yeah. Which will be or good. like, or like something will come out about a player, like an, an injury update and then an immediate contradictory report will like emerge yes. about same injury. Like, I have a feeling that kind of stuff is also over, which would be really a really nice change of pace when it comes like to the maybe Mets. LOL Mets will be over. Maybe. Like, I mean, is it over though? Is it over because we had a player suspended this week? Well, what was it? Sandy had such a good quote uh, where he said, there's like the Mets are a story and he said, and they're both good and bad. It was something like that. And it was such a good quote. And it's like, yeah, they're made up of both good and bad stuff. Yeah. Um, so 
I guess we can talk about Robinson Cano a little bit. So um, this week we learned that Robinson Cano was suspended for the entire 21, 2021 season um, due to a steroid suspension. Um, he's suspended for the entire season because this is his second offense. Um, the first time he was suspended, um, it was technically not for a performance-enhancing drug. It was for a diuretic, which is used as a masking agent for performance-enhancing drugs. Um, so he wasn't, he didn't technically get caught doing, uh, steroids. He got caught trying to hide the fact that he was doing steroids. Um, but this time he got popped for the actual steroid. Um, stands all lol, 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 um, <laughs> which, um, is kind of an old school steroid from what I understand and like kind of easy to pick up on tests. It's the same one that Henry Mejia got popped for like three different times and, got him banned from the game um and you know it's it's disappointing like it's it sucks like I like Robinson Cano and like I know that I know that a lot of Mets fans were immediately like borderline gleeful because it meant that it kind of unclogged a lot of roster problems that the Mets had it kind of solved a lot of problems for them um and we'll get to that in a minute but it doesn't stop me from feeling, you know, feeling disappointed. Like I like Robinson Cano as a player. Like he was even, even when he wasn't performing well, which he actually did perform well last season, but now we know why. Um, even when he wasn't performing well, his energy was always really nice to see. He has like such an infectious smile and like the mentorship that he gave Ahmed Rosario was always really nice. And like, just, he was a good like clubhouse guy to have around. Um, so it's, it, it sucks that, um, this happened. How do you guys think that this will affect the Mets roster and their offseason approach? Um, I don't know. I think I think that this, like like a lot of people have been saying, it it unclogs a lot of like roster sort of log jams that they had. Does um, it mean we can keep I mean, Shady Davis now? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it. the whole thing is it gives Jeff McNeil playing time at second base. Yeah. Which, which is, is a good thing. better position. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know. Like, and Steve Cohen already said that he's going to put it back. He said to spend it on players. So, like, somebody was like, haha, maybe we could get a bullpen cart with the extra money. And he was like, or we could spend it on players. So, um, but then Sandy yesterday, he was like, he, he kind of was like, well, slower roll a little bit. We don't know what we're going to do yet. But um, I mean, sure. like you said, they definitely have payroll flexibility. There's that word, payroll flexibility. <laughs> um, but that means a totally different thing than it did in the Lopon era. Yeah, um, so it, it does. Has, yeah, they have roster flexibility, payroll flexibility, if I could speak. Um but it's weird because if this if this was still the Wilpon era, it would be like, well, I guess Luis Guillerme is going to be getting playing time now. But it's like now it's like, oh, my God, the possibilities are endless. The season's not over. And what I think about it is like I'm wondering how Sandy is adjusting to this and if he still has his habits and kind of his mindset of keeping costs down from the Wilpon era and how he's going to adjust to that. He Hopefully quickly. He's really happy though. 
yeah. seems like he seems unburdened. That's Standing how I kind unleashed. of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like him being Standing back was unleashed. a choice. Like he didn't need this job, you know. No. Like it, he clearly wanted this job, which is something. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, I think people are forgetting though that, like, as much as it you know, might be helpful to have that extra $20 million this season. Like, my dad and I were talking about this recently. Like, he's still coming back in 2022 and still going to be paid that year in theory. I mean, like, we don't know, obviously, what the future holds, but he's under contract for multiple years after this one. Um, So it's people keep talking about, oh, now they can go out and sign DJ LeMayhew. I don't know if you can sign DJ LeMayhew to a three-year deal when your second baseman is theoretically coming back next year. Um, It's kind of, it it leaves a lot. I mean, like, you know, and and this goes back to the, another thing we've been talking about on the pod before with reference to the new ownership and a a potential change from the Wilpon era, another potential change might be the ability to recognize sunk cost and cut a player. Like I could foresee, you know, them cutting Robinson Cano in the future. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he a doesn't come back from this and um, for some reason, or B like doesn't perform when he, if he does come back, Um, you know, they, they'd still be on the hook for his salary, but like you wonder how much this new regime is going to be willing to eat some costs on players. Um, so like, yeah, maybe they will, maybe they are willing to sign DJ LeMayhew to a multi-year deal and just say, whatever, screw it. Like we can't factor Robinson Cano into our future plans. Um, but we don't know if this is how this, um, this era of Mets baseball is going to be or not. We don't know if that's how it's going to be. So well, I guess this is their we'll first true test. But also, they kept repeating the Dodgers, um, and the Dodgers were more than willing to eat some costs, like David Price. Um, you know, they they were willing to eat bad contracts and look at where it got them. So if they're going to, you know, keep repeating, we want to be the East Coast Dodgers. This kind of goes along with that. Yeah, and I mean. I was one of the, like, staunchest, I don't know, defender is, like, a strong word because it's not like I was, like, dying on the hill of the Cano-Diaz trade is a good trade. I just didn't, like, hate it as much as everybody else um, seemed to. And, like, so that was always my thing is that, like, I oh, the, Robin, the Cano-Diaz trade isn't that bad, but now it looks pretty bad. Um, but was it you, Allison, who said, yeah, but it also frees up the money. So this, whoever they get, is also now part of that trade. It's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Count that they on the ledger of better. the trade. If if they sign DJ LeMahieu, then technically DJ LeMahieu is part of the Cano-Diaz trade. Tell me I'm wrong, folks. Exactly. <laughs> and now the trade looks so much better. You can't deny it. That's <laughs> or they sign, like, Springer. The Mets actually traded Jared Kelenic for DJ LeMahieu. This is now canon <laughs> yep, yep so it is said it's always written so it, it is be. law um you but, heard it here on the Mapato first folks but um kind of looping back in the Al- alderson presser in a weird way we also learned that he is pro dh 
which we don't like that on this podcast, but we will admit that the DH is good for the Mets like current roster construction. And it's actually, it'll actually be interesting to see how they, how they use the DH now that Cano is not in the picture, because I think that Cano was one of the many players that the Mets have that would potentially mix into that DH spot. Um, And now that's not a factor. Who? Sorry. Ramos? Yeah, yeah. I Okay, so I have a question, and just because I have not been keeping up as much as I should, is the DH definite for the National League in 2021? Because yeah. I, I have heard mixed reports that they're going to go with pitching, uh, pitchers, pitchers pitching, pitchers batting. Hopefully pitchers will pitch. I hope the pitchers, I hope the pitchers will pitch. Um, no, but pitchers <laughs> batting. But I also hear that they're going with the DH, so it, it's they very haven't said. To me. Yeah, they haven't said one like that. I think was it Buster only who said they were leaning towards a DH. Yeah, I think then, it was Buster only that reported that they were. Yeah, but then Sandy, I think, said they hadn't gotten a definite yet. Yeah, I don't and, think there's any official yeah. word yet. Because initially, there was word that it was definitely not going to be in 2021. Yeah. And they were going to, like, because then they were going to, like, renegotiate it as part of the new collective bargaining agreement. So then initially, we thought Which it was definitely makes not. Sense. But then there were rumors that it was going to be, and I don't think we know for sure. I think right now the rumors tend toward it will be, but I don't think that baseball has released an official ruling on it. Well, um, and Sandy was funny. He's like, we're not in the market for a DH. Yeah, well, the Mets don't need a DH. They have several. No, they don't. We're good. We're That's good, for sure. We're set. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean... <laughs> Speaking of uh, pitchers pitching, though, um, the Mets could use a few more of those. um, And one of the potential um, candidates uh, is off the market now. So Charlie. um, So Charlie Morton. uh, uh, I'm so salty about that. I am too. He would have been perfect. Yeah, Charlie Morton, an an off-season target favorite of many Mets fans, um, was signed. Um, by the Braves to a one-year, $15 million deal, I believe, is the contract. Yes, um, which was very surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. That that high. That it was that high and that it was one year. I mean, I get he's older, so that's not a surprise. I know that yeah. people were saying that he wanted to um, stay in the, in, in the South, and so it's not surprising that he took an offer from the Braves. I know that like the Braves and the Rays were like, the two teams that were finalists for him. So, um, but I mean, I don't, like, obviously, a lot of, I think what people don't understand is um, about, like, oh, a lot of people were saying, oh, the Mets didn't even make a play for him. We don't actually know that is the thing. Um, So many things happen in the offseason that never make it to Twitter or, like, never make it to beat reporters, and we never actually find out about it. Like, and, and sort of on the other side of the same coin, a lot of things that are quote rumors are like, like an agent sending a text becomes a rumor. Um, And it's just kind of like routine for, um, for front office folks to check in on almost everybody. So like, you know, when, when we get these like reports, Mets are showing interest in XYZ player that literally could just mean that Sandy Alderson like texted that dude's agent one time. Um, I mean, and not only that, 
I think also we have to keep in mind that Sandy is pretty much, I think, still in the process of hiring everybody for the front office. I'm assuming, like, not all of the positions have been filled yet. Well, the GM definitely hasn't, so. (laughs) So they're working with a, a transition and a depleted front office at the moment that won't be depleted by hopefully the start of next season, which I also have a, co- a COVID related comment about that. But anyway, that's later. Um, so, but what I think about Charlie Morton is that he kind of set the standard. I was expecting, I was not expecting him to get a $15 million contract, especially when we were all expecting uh, contracts and AAVs to be depressed because of COVID. Because the the MLB teams did not get the expected revenue. So I am very curious about how other free agent signings will go. Or if the trade market will see a bit of a bump. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we all kind of were waiting with bated breath to see what type of contracts we would see this offseason. Um, yeah. And the dam has been broken a little bit. Although... Um, one-year deals, not the way we expected, although one-year deals are kind of their own beast. Um, we don't know what someone like mm, Trevor Bauer is going to get now, um, as like the top target, um, free agent in the, on the starting pitching side available. So like, and now, and now I think the Mets are going to like pursue him even harder because it seems like he's holding out to drive his, his price up. Yeah. And, oh, God. I hope I he doesn't wanted, come here. I wanted to believe Sandy was smarter than that. Like, if yes. you look at his complete body of work, it's then very you have to realize he's not, yeah, he's not worth it. Like, let him be somebody else's headache. And especially with, I just don't see him and Strowman getting along. <laughs> I don't Hell see no. him and DeGrom getting along. No, I can see DeGrom and being... No, that'll stay behind the scenes, but I don't see them getting along in and the slightest. And also, my other fear, too, is what if he wants to be paid, like, $30 million a year? So you're going to pay him more than DeGrom, who had to beg for, like... The, $125 million. Yeah, for his contract. So that's, no. like, such a slap in the face to him. And yeah, do I mean, that's really what want I've been, to do that? That's Especially what I've been when saying. he has an opt-out in two years? He's he, like and he's not he's not he's gonna want ace money and yeah. he's not a proven ace. No, 60, 60 games is not a good sample size. No, it's eleven starts. Yeah. So you want to give him like ace money more than Jake based on eleven starts? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, no and maybe I could, I could see it if his previous years were better than they were. But really, that only like really good year was 2018. Everything else has been not, I mean, not terrible, but not ace status. Yeah, very very average-ish. Yeah. Average to like above average-ish. This kind of flew under the radar that Jake left CAA. Yes. Yes. So I think that also shows he was kind of pissed. At how everything went down. Of course, he would never say it because Jake is too much of a gentleman. Yes. But if he's already angry, is this going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back? 
Yeah. And is Bauer really worth it to make Jake even more angry? No. I was, like, I was if it was say, like, if... let's say Garrett Cole, maybe, sure. He's worth it. But Bauer? No. He's not. No. It, Jake leaving CAA does make me really nervous about his impending opt-out. Yep. Steve Cohen should just give him a raise. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, seriously. A 20 or $30 million bonus. Renegotiate an additional extension. <laughs> yeah. Like, please. I, I will, like, I'm terrified of DeGrom opting out. I will lose my goddamn mind. But I could see it. I will cry and then follow him to his new team, too. No, I wouldn't blame him either. No. that weird thing where they wouldn't pay him more than David Wright because David Wright had, like, the largest contract in Mets history and they couldn't go over that. Or, like, the Will Pines had, like, some weird hang-up on that. that Well, they were probably also financially tied up, too. Yeah. So... Just give him an extension. Be like, here, here's blank check. Just sign your name. Have at it. Yeah, <laughs> what do you like? <laughs> like, if we don't, if Jacob deGrom doesn't retire as a Met, that's an abject failure yep. <laughs> on the part yeah. of the organization. Yep. It's a, it'll be like, I don't want to say another receiver, but it'll be like our generation receiver. Yeah. Ugh. It will be like don't that. Even, don't Something even went horribly out wrong. there. But, you know, so that's the Mets. We're kind of in waiting mode because we don't have a GM yet. Um, We do know that there's not going to be a separate president of baseball operations. So things are starting to fill out, but we still need a GM. And I mean, the hot stove isn't really hot yet. We got Charlie Morton, but that's not the the hot stove has not Mm. fully heated. The hot stove has has it's not even simmering. It's reached a lukewarm temperature did <laughs> sign that other well, guy no. yes that, they did that raised guy i forget what his name is i'm sorry <laughs> the, the mets did make a signing um they wait a minute uh, sam mcwilliams, sam McWilliams yeah, to a one-year looks deal like this there's your depth who looks like a cross between Degrom and Syndergaard? I can't like get over how much <laughs> he's six foot he seven. Like so <gasps> there you go. Wow, we Isn't love our tall Peterson boys. Huge too. Yes, who? Peterson's Peterson. really tall. Yeah, I think. Oh wait, how tall I thought he was six six. Yeah, he's pretty tall. Okay, six so six. Degrom is yeah six six. Degrom is six four. four? And then Syndergaard is like six, six seven. We just like our tall boys. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for it. Tall I'm here pitchers. For it too. We like our tall boys. So yeah, he joins the <laughs> he joins the tall boy club. Uh, so the Mets have made one parentheses one signing, but it's not a splashy one. Uh, so well, Strowman was technically. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's definitely more splashy. Um, I am so happy that he accepted the the qualifying offer. Yes, I was so good happy. Guys. It's so, very good. So happy. It's very good. They still need more pitching. <laughs> yes, they do. Desperate. You can never have enough pitching. Ever. That's true. Do do do. These like just sign like Oda Rizzi and like Tanaka and call it a day. Yeah, Oda Rizzi is like, um, 
and they and that there has there has been a uh, Mets have expressed interest in Oda Rizzi rumor yeah. already, um, which I already told you guys about how that goes down. I mean, I'm not saying that like they're not interested or anything like that; that it's a lie. But it's just like I think people make more of these rumors than what they are, oftentimes. Um, and just because we don't hear that the Mets were in on Morton doesn't mean that they didn't check in on him at all. It just means we never heard about it. But who knows? Um, but yeah, the Mets have, uh, at least we know that the Mets have like checked in on Odorizzi. I think that would be a good choice. Um, he was hurt. Odorizzi was hurt much of 2020. So we don't really know, like we can't really take anything away from his 2020 because 2020 was already weird and he was hurt during almost all of it. I think he pitched like, I think he only was in like four games. Um, and so, uh, but the the season before that, 2019, he had like a huge breakout year, um, and people compared him to sort. They compared him to sort of the Zach Wheeler like career trajectory because Zach Wheeler kind of had a similar like breakout that caused him to get the big contract from the Phillies, um, and they said that Oda Rizzi is like primed for like a similar sort of breakout. Um, and, and he has a relationship with Hefner too. Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. Um, and the uh, the article that I was reading um, compared his his pitch profile like his arsenal to uh that of reigning a al cy young award winner shane bieber so that's that those are that's high praise um so yeah i think odorizzi would be a good choice obviously there's some risk there um but he wouldn't even though he prior to his injury riddled 2020 may have gotten a contract not quite zach wheeler level but kind of in that range um, I think that that is far diminished now because of the risk of his um, injury late in 2020 that the team would be taking on. Um, so I think that he wouldn't command nearly as much as like a Zach Wheeler, but his ceiling is a performance similar to a Zach Wheeler, like a third starter type. Um, so I think that that would be a really good uh, a really good gamble to take potentially. Um, and that's like you said, that's a good gamble, not yeah. a Rick Porcello gamble. Yes, yes not a Rick mm-hmm. Porcello gamble. He was like, there's good. two types of gambles. He here. was good like recently, not like he's just <laughs> <laughs> And like you said, like and he wasn't bad. He was just hurt. Rick yeah. Porcello was bad. Bad. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Yeah. Um, I think Rick Porcello. I mean, I, I give Rick Porcello credit for admitting it. Um, yeah. And being candid about it at the end of the season, like you know. He clearly didn't did perform up to his own expectations. So, um, you know. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Mets do. Um, obviously, we on this podcast hope it's not Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> there are yeah. there are other options out there. Please, please, Mets. There are other please options. Please explore them, Sandy. I um, trust you, Sandy. Oh I guess. I'm, I'm looking at. I'm looking at Spotrack, except Spotrack still has Marcus Stroman, so they're not up to date yet. <laughs> oh. God, there are some names on here that I think that would just be interesting just because of their... Oh, God, Adam Wainwright's on here. <laughs> Remembering oh some no. guys. The, the, like, the rumors about Yachty or Molina, I'm just like... Oh, you know, God, I don't even want to I'm not... Yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not even dignifying that with a response. No, no, I'm we're not. just... We're not doing that. We're not, we're not but, doing that. But what if we do do that? It's not going to happen. We're not doing we're that. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> we're not. Can we can we title this episode we're not doing that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're not doing that.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So speaking of sort of the general Bauer and also we're not doing that <laughs> vibe. Um one one thing we wanted to bring up in our ba- our general baseball segment um, is uh, I have alluded to and I won't and that is not the point of this segment I will not go deep into that in this segment either nor ever on the podcast but we have alluded to Bauer's um, <clears throat> interesting relationship with his agent so the only reason I bring that up is because his agent Rachel Luba is now kind of everywhere. She's like mm-hmm. weirdly a new like it girl because her client is so highly sought after this off season. She's doing all these interviews to like hype him. And because she's like conventionally good looking, she like, I feel like she just gets all this media attention. But then you get all these like white feminists on Twitter being like Yas Queen about like Ugh. girl and like doing like girl boss tweets about Rachel Luba when she not only like reps a really gross human being in Trevor Bauer, who is everything that feminism does not stand for, but also just signed on to rep Yasiel Puig, who is not too long ago accused of sexual battery. (laughs) I mean, and is also quite a, an interesting player, we'll say. And has had an interesting history. Yeah. On all of his teams. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have in the past believed that Puig is fun. And, like, Puig is over a, a net positive for baseball, I'll say. But not, obviously, not if he's a domestic abuser. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, not if he's... Me- not if he is someone who sexually assaults people. <laughs> to me, her relationship... What we've alluded to aside with Bauer, but I feel like it's suspect in another way that she's kind of using him to promote herself now. Oh, yeah. She had she, no clients. Yeah. She had him and that was it. So now she's kind of using him to get more. Pl- so they're kind of like using each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely about like building a brand. Yeah, it's so very now, bizarre yeah. in a way that so, like you don't often see with other player agents. The only player agent, I mean, obviously like Brody Van Wagen is his own thing because he ended up being a GM. But that's kind of different. But like other than her, the only player agent that ever gets this sort of attention is Scott Boris. And that's Scott because like, he reps like a lot of famous players and has, you know, he has a track record, regardless of how you feel about him 
ethically or like how you feel about how he conducts his business. And that's a whole debate in and of itself. Obviously, um, people have people have takes on Scott Boris. Um, but like mm. he's notable because he has negotiated a lot of large, very notable contracts in baseball. And he has a, huge, a very long track record um, of, you know, being successful for his clients. She has virtually no track record. And yet nope. she's out there like more than he is at this point. It's about a, it's a weird she's like a she's like a weird Instagram influencer, like posing <laughs> as an agent. It's like it's so bizarre to me. It and is, I hate so- and I hate that people are doing like girl boss tweets about her. It like drives me nuts. It's like this isn't like what feminism is. Just because she's a woman doing a thing doesn't make it automatically good. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a sharp contrast because the Rangers, you know, I talk about them a lot. Um, they're number one pick. They got the first overall pick. Their number one pick was represented by a woman. And it was the first time, I believe it was the first time in NHL history that the number one pick was represented by a woman. You have not seen hide nor hair of her. Like, she's on Twitter. She's not out there posting, like, Instagram photos, posting pictures of, like you know, her working out or her hanging out or like with her clients or, you know, she's professional about it. Like there's a way to do this without like, you know, coming off as immature. Yes, exactly. Like, and that's the fascinating thing is that she's basically promoting herself herself. through Twitter. Yeah. It's, and it's this interesting trend to see if more Asians are going to kind of follow it. I hope not. Um, well, it's still an old boys club either way. It is. I so, agree. If this is the way she thinks, like, is her in? I don't think she's, like, I think she's going to be thoroughly mistaken. do it, but yeah, it's still too much of an old boys club to kind of get in the way she's she's trying to promote herself right now. That's just my opinion. It's going to be interesting to watch. I don't know. It's uh, personally, I don't like the way she handles herself, but it's going to be interesting to see what the domino effect is. If there is one, it's very much like, uh, I'm out here conducting myself in a way that still is meant to appeal to men. Yes. Like that is, is. it's, it's like a very like bar stooly sort of culture. Um, oh, and she's got Jackie Bradley. No, she's got Jackie Bradley Jr. in this. Oh. Since when? Wait. I don't I don't think they're, he, it's her agent, but she started a tweet with... Oh, she's engaging this, with him on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. She started with a, Bauer, a, a Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig throw-off. Who do you think throws further? And then... Um, well, Jackie we saw Bradley. Bauer throw one over the center field wall. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah. Throws pretty far. And Jackie Bradley Jr. was like, I want in because I'll wear Puig throws further shoot if I lose, but Puig has to wear a send it shirt. Get some betting lines going. Who do you all think went? Oh my God. Mm. It's just gross. Like, this is like when you're promoting the sport, this isn't what we mean. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, like I said, it's very like. 
it's very barstool esque. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, yeah. well, I like I made the comment. I don't know if anybody will get the reference. Any of our listeners will get the reference. She's the cool girl from Gone Girl. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> exactly it. Exactly, and I, I loved that reference because I thought it was perfect. Um, anyone who's read that book understands. And yet, yeah, if you don't know what I'm saying, just look it up, and it's her to a T. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 she's she's barstooly, and I mean like. Trevor Bauer is very barstool as well. It's like a, it's I mean, like, and know. I was going to say most baseball players are probably kind of barstooly, but it's like just, Nick Neal is, but he's just not in your face about it. It's a very bro culture, and she's it just is. instead of like, you know, instead of breaking down those barriers and presenting like an alternate viewpoint, she's just like assimilating herself trying to into be, it. Yeah, she's trying to be one of the guys. Yes, yeah. extremely like that, and it's just like. Yeah, and that makes her cool. It's weird being the guy. Yeah, which I mean, uh, cool if you want to do that, but it comes off as very strange as a professional agent. Yes, yeah, and it, it also makes you seem desperate too. Like her and Bauer both were sucking up to Cohen. It's like mm, not a good look. Yeah. No, yeah. And I was like, eh, don't think that's the way you want to go. But see where that gets you. Yeah, it's just. All very gross that she's like it willing is. to like I don't know that she's becoming this like barrier breaking person in like breaking into a male dominated field which is good like you know more women should be agents but like that the this is the way that she's like choosing to do it um and repping players who are accused of sexual battery is like that kind of like defeats the purpose almost negates, like it goes yeah, yeah it negates everything but like there are other women to have role models in the sport, like Kimming. Yeah, like Kimming. <laughs> like look at how she went about it. <laughs> like, you know, she just was good at her job for many years, and yeah. then finally, belatedly, got got, got the job too. she deserved. Um, yeah, built up her resume to the point where you couldn't deny it any longer. Exactly. Like it's sad that that's what it took, but you know. But right now, women still have to work, like, twice as hard as men to get the same respect and the same job. And the same is true. And the same is true for racial minorities as well. Like, I think that people forget that Kimming not only is a woman, but she's Asian, too. And, like, it means a lot for Asian Americans to see that. Um, Check out Jen Ramos's tweets on this um check out their tweets you don't have to take our word for it obviously we don't claim to represent the community here but um it's it's not only a big deal for women in baseball it's a big deal for Asians in baseball um because even though you see a lot of Asians playing the game um you don't see a lot of Asians in front offices let alone Asian women um so it's huge it's really huge it's that is someone you can look to as a glass ceiling breaker, as a groundbreaking person um, to be the first to, um, you know, be a GM as a woman. It's it's amazing. Um, it's really great to see. Um, and it makes me feel, you know, optimistic about the future of the sport, um, that hopefully this will be the start. Um, I would love to see the Mets hire some people, some women in the front office. Yeah, good Lord. Please. Yeah. I remember, with, like... With no conflict of interest, like, him. 
Oh. <laughs> I remember um, our very own uh, Kate Feldman, uh, formerly of Amazing Avenue and of the New York Daily News, um, tweeted this, I think, back in, like, I think this might have been either, like, last off-season or last spring training. Um, but either way, it was around this time last year. And she got, like, a lot of crap for this because, of course, people are stupid. Um, but the tweet was absolutely correct. Is It was it was a photo of, and I, I can't remember whether the Mets posted it or Brody Van Wagenen posted it during the brief time he was tweeting. Um, but it was, like, basically, like, a front office meeting. And they were all, like, sitting there. And it was, like, we're at, we're hard at work or whatever. It was, like, very typical, like, you know, like, let's do this. We're, we're working hard this offseason sort of thing. But, like... Kate was like, I see one woman in this room. And it was like at least 30 people in the room. And everybody, of course, was like, like, point that out. It's like, she should point it out. Yeah, you have to point it out. Um, So I I hope that more front offices hire more women and more people of color. um, Because right now it's very white and very male still. I mean, and it's a way to grow your fan base too yes exactly i like baseball is undercutting itself by just keeping it in this small little bubble of white men yes and part of the and and i think we've kind of touched on this issue before um when we've talked about analytics in the past but part of the analytics revolution was kind of an expansion of who sees themselves as part of the game um like I think in the past, sports were always very much about like you see yourselves in in the players, um, and it's still it's still like that, and it still should be like that. You know, like you grow up wanting to be a professional athlete, and you you see yourself on the field as being in that position. But with the rise of analytics, and I think that this has kind of been a double edged sword. There have been really good things about this and bad things about it too that we've discussed on previous shows. Is that a lot of people sort of see themselves as one of those suits now too. Like the, the, the more like math nerds see themselves as like baseball people now because they see these, these people succeeding at analytics. Um, and those should also, in addition to the players, the player pool, those should also look more like the country. Um, yeah. And right now the front office does not, even like less so than the players, does the front office look like America. Um, it's very dominated by white men and it's like you know like there are nerdy women too who love to like think about analytics so we've got three of them on this podcast right now i was gonna say yeah we're all (laughs) nerds here um so yeah i think it's super important that that diversity is like reflected not only on the field but also behind the scenes too um and that's like kellyanne said how you really grow the sport well, to the Mets' credit, like, in their history, you know, they have been one of the more, like, Jeff Wilpon aside, um, <laughs> welcoming, <laughs> I want to say, to women. Like, they had Joan Payson as, you know, the first um, woman owner. Um, Shannon Ford was, yeah, like, she, a big P- PR. She, yeah, she did for- PR. Um, okay. They have Marisol, who does the 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 PA um so they have like even throughout their history um you know had women very visible women in their organization so it I don't know if they will uh, and now they have 
and she's a minority owner, but Steve Cohen's wife, Alex, is part owner. So, you know, which makes me kind of happy, like, since, you know, it kind of comes full circle from Joan Payson. Now we have another woman involved. So that kind of makes me, I mean, I know, again, it's very small. She's nowhere near what Joan had. But, you know, it's kind of nice knowing, you know, she's going to have some say. And Steve Cohen even said she has some say. So it's a start. And, you know, hopefully, you know, like we said, there will be more coming. Like, and, you know, not to get political, but when Kamala said, I'm the first woman, but I won't be the last woman, I'm hoping, you know, they always say baseball kind of mirrors the country. And it was just so shocking to see how closely that really was this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping, you know, it's the same for them. Like maybe Kim, Kim Ng was the first woman, but she won't be the last. And, you know, who else is coming now? You know, what else will the front offices look like? So that's why I just yeah. want to see the Mets hire some women because they have yeah. that opportunity right they now. Do. They do. Yeah. Yep. Um, some qualified women, obviously, yeah. but some women. Not conflict of interest women. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so we have um, kind of one more unfortunate thing to cover. Um, so I, it feels like every damn week on the show we have to talk about another domestic violence incident, but here it is. Um, so we just learned to literally today, mere hours ago, um, that World Series hero, postseason hero Randy Rosarena was detained in Mexico um, after a domestic violence incident. Um, this was a domestic dispute between um, his, uh, him and his ex-wife, I think. Um, basically he was trying to take his daughter, they have a daughter and he was trying to take the daughter away from her. And there was some sort of like dispute over their kid and an ensuing fight. Um, he allegedly hit his ex-wife at the home she and his daughter are living in. I'm now reading from the Sports Illustrated report. Um, the Mexican, uh, newspaper Yucatan Ahora, uh, Yucatan Aura reported that Rosarena hit his ex-father-in-law while trying to leave with his daughter. Um, the fight appeared to draw attention from nearby neighbors who stopped Rosarena at a traffic light following the incident. Um, so, yeah, no heroes in this stupid sport because um, he was one of the like fun storylines about this postseason. Here comes this upstart player out of freaking nowhere, hits... 10 home runs in the postseason, setting a, a record for a single postseason in Major League history. Some guy that no one had ever heard of before this year. Um, and that was really fun. And of course, we can't have nice things. Because why are men? It just sucks. Like, like you said, like, how do you even know who to look up to anymore? Like, I, I think they even like, we're making a movie about it because, like, he w- was really, like, out of nowhere. And, you know, he's he kind could... of a fairy tale, like, like yeah. it is a good movie plot. Yeah, that's what they were saying. And, you know, he, he wasn't even, he had COVID in the beginning of the year. Um, then, like, he could still win Rookie of the Year. Like, he could have won MVP before winning Rookie of the Year. Like, that's how just insane. It was, and then now it's just like the air coming out of the balloon. It's like, 
you know, everybody has stuff going on, but this is just so hard to get past because, like you said, it's like every damn day you're hearing something. And it's just, it's it's so frustrating. And they said he's open to, like, you know, since you know, baseball can discipline him, but the way baseball's handled it in the past, I have no faith this is going right. to be handled correctly. And that, that just goes... That just goes well with our frustration, too, which just compounds the issue that baseball hasn't done anything to to fix this and that it keeps happening. Like, why should we ever expect that baseball will suddenly handle this incident differently than they've handled other incidents? Like we like we've said, and it's not just it's not just when it comes to domestic violence. It's like. When has anyone faced consequences for anything? Like, Robinson yeah. Cano has faced steeper consequences for performance-enhancing drugs than I'm sure Rosarina will face for this, and steeper consequences mm-hmm. than any of the Astros. And I'm not saying that Robinson Cano's punishment was, wasn't appropriate. I'm just saying punish other people when they do things wrong, not just when people take steroids. You need to, like, take these other, like, arguably more <laughs> serious problems not even arguably these more serious problems yeah seriously <laughs> like yeah like i don't understand punish domestic abusers like you punish steroid users punish them more because it's yeah. worse <laughs> yeah it's a literal crime and no, uh, the, the none of the none of the never big... changed anything after ozuna either how the astros benefited benefited mm-hmm. from yep. domestic violence and there, there, everybody, you know, there was, rightfully, there was outrage after that. And Fred was like, hey, do you guys want the DH? What's up? And it's like, no, that's not what we want. We don't want to be talking about this. We want to be talking about the issues that you're, you're denying exist in your sport. <sighs> Like the priorities uh, are so screwed up, and I don't see them and, ever ever getting fixed. And people will say, "Oh, this is never an issue in the past. It was probably an issue that was never looked at, and hopefully we've evolved as a society by then. And I think we have a little bit that it's getting because it's getting at least talked about, but there's still a long way to go. <laughs> but I don't see, I don't watch all of the big four sports, but I feel like all big four sports have this issue yeah. in different manners. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't. And none of them handle it correctly. Yeah, I was going to just, just say, none of them handle it correctly. So ugh. it's a culture, it's a culture that runs deep and it starts way before the major league level too. So there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, it's, you know, player athletes need to be held responsible for their actions. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. And it starts early. Like when you keep brushing things aside because their talent trumps all. Yes. This is, it's going to keep happening, especially mm-hmm. at the, because, you know, we said this multiple times about um, Addison Russell. It's oh. like if he was, you know, talent. If he wasn't as talented as he was, they wouldn't have given him a second chance. No. But even Jose Reyes got a second yep. chance with the Mets, and arguably at that point, he was not as talented as he was in his prime. And so, still, 
Yeah, so the priorities are still if your it's talent cute. speaks more than your actions, basically. Yeah. And with Reyes, like it like Kellyanne said, by the time he was on the Mets the second time around, he wasn't even that good anymore. So it wasn't even just his talent, it was literally sentimentality won out over, you know, the right thing. Yep. Um which is just sad. Like at that point you're ju- you're not even like fueled by can he help your team you're fueled by like he helped my team once in the past and i'm nostalgic about that like that's even worse yeah and then to keep him around so he could walk into the sunset with david right like oh yeah oh i'm gonna i'm gonna die mad about that gonna die mad about that awful awful um so yeah i mean (laughs) we'll see what happens we'll see what happens obviously like this is still like fresh news that just happened this evening. So um, we don't know a lot of details yet. He's not yet been charged. We don't know. We don't know everything yet. Um, So we'll see what happens and we'll see what MLB does about this. Obviously we are not optimistic, but you know, um, more to come, I suppose on that, but we will end this show on a happy note. Like we do every week. Um, this week we're kind of doing a special version of walk-off wins because it is Thanksgiving. Um, and obviously, um, we're not, none of us are able to celebrate in a way that we normally would, or that we would like to with, um, family. Um, you know, some of us are scaling down. Some of us are not doing anything, um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but that doesn't mean that we can't use this time to reflect on things that we are thankful for. Um, so this week, our walk-off wins is kind of going to be a thankfulness segment where we talk about Mets-related things that we are thankful for. Um, I will start by saying that we are collectively, as a show, thankful that the Wilpons no longer own the Mets, but we decided that that was the easy way out, and none of us were going to actually pick that as our walk-off win slash thankfulness segment choice. Um, but, but also, adios. But also, I hope the door we, hit you guys in your butts on the way out. We wanted to note that we ha- <laughs> that we are collectively thankful for that. <laughs> that's just like a given at this point. Like exactly. all of Metsland is thankful for that this year. Um. So, Linda, what are you thankful for? I have two. Is it okay if I have two? Yes, yes. you can have two. Okay. Just like you Number- can have a second helping of turkey, you can have two. All right, I'm going to have a second helping of sweet potatoes with marshmallows. So this is my sweet potato with marshmallows. Yes, girl. (laughs) Um, So number one is Sandy being back. Yeah. Um, I did... I did, you know, there was the whole argument, you know, Omar's team, Sandy's team. But, you know, like we said, like, he's the adult in the room and he, he didn't like we've said, he didn't need this job, but it seems that he really does want to do a good job. Like he said, you know, we're going to, you know, he, he said all the right things. It's basically saying we're not going to be the laughing stock anymore. Like we're going to create a culture and like that you can be proud of. And that's all that we've ever wanted. And and like you know, I've missed it. Like he just comes out with one-liners too, and and you can just tell, like you know, he's in charge. You know, he has a plan. We can trust him. 
and and you know so that I'm thankful for but I'm especially thankful that he's healthy um because he didn't go out on the best terms um you know he was battling cancer all throughout or he got the diagnosis through 2015 um so somebody asked him during the press conference how's your health and he said he feels good uh he looked good he looks happy um he looks unburdened um so i'm just i'm thankful because he does deserve a second shot i feel like he did do a good job with given the parameters that the Wilpons gave him and he did a good job and he deserves i think another chance to to complete what he started because a lot of this is his team and he did say unfinished business and so welcome back sandy thank you for you know like relieving our collective anxiety i think too um so that's number one and number two is i'm thankful for marcus stroman yes i just love stro i'm so like (laughs) That was the best day. I was like, when I saw that on Twitter come through, I was like, no, no, that can't be real. I was like, please, please, please. I hope this isn't a fake, like I've been duped by a fake account. Um, He was like, I know I've said it before, but he was just so, so fun to watch in person. And he just, you know, he brings an energy to the team and personality and you know, he's you know another online boy, which we like. Yes. Him and Syndergaard are online rotation, and they both tweeted at Rich. Um, we love our online rotation, don't we? We folks? love our online rotation. Um, so I, I, I want it to be beyond one more year, but you know, I was very sad when he opted out because I thought that was it. You know, no more Strowman, but he came back. And I feel like I need to get a jersey now because I said I would if he did go back. I definitely want a zero, a Marcus Sherman yes, zero. How cool jersey. is that? This it's zero very cool. Awesome. So, and I just don't want to see him pitch in person again. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but I won't get too greedy. Someday. Yeah, I won't get too greedy. But for now, Marcus Stroman is a Met, and that makes me thankful. Yay! Yes. Kellyanne, what are you thankful for? I am just thankful for all of the fun players we have on our team. And this is such a messed up year, but I love, obviously, I love watching Jacob deGrom. Yeah. My favorite game still is his 2014 game. It was the no-no between him and Jake Peavy in, like, early August against Jack. I still, like, love that game just because... It showed everything that he could be before he kind of reached his ace status. Um, But anyway, I'm going off topic there. So I'm appreciative of Jacob deGrom and of Marcus Stroman and of Dom Smith, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto. I I am just appreciative of the Mets players. Um, They're just a very rootable bunch they're a very fun bunch, like with the cookie club and, and, but, and they're also kind of very socially conscious. Um, it's just great. I just love the players and I'm thankful for them. And I can't wait to see them again next year and hopefully a non, a not abbreviated season, but I have my doubts about that. Yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, this bunch is just such a fun bunch to root for. It really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. Please um, don't get rid of JD. <laughs> I know, right? Michael, oh, my oh, my gosh. It will break Linda if that. they trade JD Davis, you guys. Yes. But that was fun that I played. Stuff. Like him and Dom walk like arm in arm walking off the field. Like that was so sweet. Like uh, the picture gets me every time when I go into like when I'm looking for JD Davis photos, as I do because I was I'm gonna say writing, as Linda regularly does. <laughs> because you know I'm usually writing a JD Davis article, so I need to go through. You photos. feel about JD Davis it, the way I feel about Wilmer Flores. Yeah, I true. think he is your Wilmer. <laughs> But I will be very sad if JD Davis like that. That was Brody's gift to me. I can't be mad at Brody. <laughs> Brody's one and only gift. <laughs> I consider Justin Wilson a pretty good Bro- Brody Van Wagen in gift. That was he was good. Um, they should resign him. Off topic, but they should because yeah. they have no left-handed pitchers in their bullpen. That's an entirely yes. different topic. That's another pod. <laughs> That's another. Pod. Um, also, I forgot to mention Andres Jimenez among my oh, like yes, notable. Andres. I love him. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yep, he's great. Gimme, gimme more of him. I know oh, he's like-, like a baby and still needs some seasoning. But I love watching him. The little He's bro so hug between him and David Peterson. Very good stuff. No, oh my gosh, and Peterson's stuff. another one I forgot. Oh my god, I'm just forgetting like every single player. <laughs> as much as I love them, I don't remember who's on the team. It was, it's been a while. It's okay. It has been a while. We're not like, in the best shape of our lives. It's fine. No, we're not. No. We're, in, we're in off-season form here. Um, I would like to extend my thankfulness specifically to Jeff McNeil. Um, and that is because I think this happened since the last time we recorded, weirdly. Yes. Um, oh, yes. On my birthday, my friends got me the best gift I could have ever imagined, which is that they got Jeff McNeil to record a video for me for my birthday oh, my that had Willow in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which was I kind of freaked out about Willow. <laughs> the best. Um, and it, I I literally broke down in tears when I saw it. I freaked out. It was so cool, you guys. And like he was just so he was so nice and so wishing me a happy birthday. And like not only that, but just like thanking me for being a fan and for for my support this season. And he was like, I know things didn't turn out the way that you probably wanted this year, but we're going to work really hard for you. And we want to get back to the world series. And, and he even shouted out amazing Avenue and said, I heard that you write and podcast for amazing Avenue. That's really awesome. And it was just, it was so cool. So the fact that we have players that do stuff like that, um, because it's not just Jeff McNeil, like like Kellyanne said, this whole group is like so easy to root for, and I feel like that's just like an example of that. Um, and it it just made my entire like week month life to get that video. <laughs> it made me so happy, and Willow was in it, which was great. Uh, the Mets, like the other thing that makes the Mets really fun to root for, is that they have a, an elite group of pets. Um, they do on the Mets. That obviously Willow McNeil, I feel like is the is the pet mascot. Um, just because like she was kind of a part of the Mets lore because they because McNeil got her mid season and puppy kind of power. puppy power and she launched a hot streak for him so she's the biggest mascot but she's definitely not the only elite Mets pet we've got Shugo Marcus Stroman's dog we've got um, 
we've got uh, Griffey Conforto. Jake um, the Snake, Nimmo. Jake, uh, yeah, Jake the Snake, uh, Nimmo's pet Yorkie. Who are who are all the dogs in the in the hot corner this oh, year? I, there were more. Yeah, because the Mets oh, yeah, put, Conforto adopted another puppy. Yeah, Conforto adopted another dog, so they were both out there. Um, but the Mets, the Mets need a cardboard. pet calendar. They re- oh my god that would uh, that would be so David good. David Peterson on his Instagram has a whole section dedicated to his pets. <gasps> his dog was his ring bearer at his wedding. Elite. Oh, that's like, the good stuff. It's just it's amazing. More like, dogs. Yeah, I I need to figure out what his dog's name is. Give me a sec. I need to look this up. Like yeah, but he was totally the ring bearer at the wedding, and it's just too cute. But oh the God, point is, Mets, market yourselves. Get a Mets pets calendar. Yeah, seriously. That would sell it like would... hotcakes. Yeah. Yes. I would buy one. I would buy several. I would buy one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right? I would sign me up. The Rockies do it. It's not like totally unheard of. Yeah. No, I think there are several teams that do it. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. Seth Lugo does have his cat. He yeah, Seth Lugo has a cat. Um, I know Again, that. Um... Mets pets, not just dogs. I know that um, this isn't a calendar, but I know that one of the one of the times I went to a Nats game, um, they had like um, J- a, a, a like figurine of Jason Worth and his dog. Um, even though Jason Worth, yeah, but like, but like, it's a, it Jason was Jason Worth an, is as, probably as hairy as his dog, probably. <laughs> but it's an elite like giveaway idea. You know, they had like a figurine of him and his dog. Like the Mets should do that. Like. like can you imagine a Willow McNeil bobblehead? Like I was how, just like say, I would, like I would stand pets. in a line for hours for that. Oh, his, pets, David pets, Peterson's pets, dog wolves. is named Henry. Henry, oh, what good a good name. boy! He's such a good boy. They're all good boys and girls. Well, and also like you know, the Rangers started it, but then what hockey did was they all adopted like official like. Doggy mascot. Yes. And Allison, the the Capitals have one. He's really cute. I know. I've seen him. Not, not in real fair. life, obviously. I've seen him. I know. Very cute. So why can't, like, baseball just, like, officially dot puppers to be their official the dog? The Trenton Thunder have the right idea. Because yeah. what, the, what hockey does is they train them to be around people and stuff. And then, like, they, they become service dogs. So eventually they do all end up getting adopted and going to families to be service dogs. But they're just so much fun to be around during the season. It's, it's very like, cute. Yeah, when the Rangers were bad, it's like, look, we're bad. But here's a puppy. But there's a dog. Yeah. There's at least dog content. <laughs> yes. So. It, makes it, it makes losing a lot easier. I can tell you that one. Yep. So we are thankful for Mets players and for their and pets. Mets um, pets. <laughs> but while you're waiting for the Mets pets calendar to come out, um, we will we will petition the team. We will at Steve Cohen on Twitter. Yes. I'm sure he will respond. Um, I asked him asking if he had a Mets pet, and he didn't respond. Oh man, um, we will keep badgering Steve Cohen on Twitter. But in the meantime, <laughs> to get your Mets content, you can go to AmazingAvenue.com. We are going to have a thankfulness post very similar to what we did on the podcast, but in post form going up on Thanksgiving, so keep an eye out for that. 
Keep an eye out for free agent profiles. The Amazing Avenue off-season plan contest just wrapped up. So we've got lots of off-season content for you guys. So check that all that out on AmazingAvenue.com. Make sure to join Kellyanne in the comments section. Say hi. Um, we but promise we won't bite. But don't talk about hot dogs or sandwiches. Don't talk about hot dogs <laughs> or sandwiches. Just don't do it, folks. Um, don't do it. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. You can find Kellyanne on the Apado Twitter account, <laughs> occasionally making <laughs> some tweets. Um, mostly you can find me in the Amazing Avenue comments. I'm a moderator. Um, I generally tend to be fun. I was a little <laughs> snarky today, but. It's fun in the comments. Sometimes people it deserve it, though. Come on. Um, Wait. Oh, I didn't understand you. Were, you broke up there for a second. Oh, sometimes people deserve it, though, I said. Yes, that's true. But, yeah, uh, join Kellyanne in the comments. Um, please subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio, our entire suite of shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review the podcast. It really helps people find the show. The intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.